somewhere. You're set, Joe. So we're on the air, and uh, DJ's going to lead us. I'm going to slip out in about 25 minutes to go pick up the pizza, so don't get nervous for me. If I'm not back, you guys can go ahead and you close. You know how to close. So, so go ahead. Thank you again for being here. Um, what I have tonight is actually very short, short meditation. Um, I had a lunch with a friend after church. Then I went home and realized that my my printer ran out of ink. So I'm glad that I heard a message about perseverance this morning. So I took my pen and do it the old school way and really enjoyed that. Reminded me of my college days where, you know, I didn't have a computer back then, just just a pen. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to First John chapter 3. Uh, we've been going through First John for, I think, seven weeks now, or eight weeks maybe. But tonight we'll be looking at this one verse, really just half of one verse, First John chapter 3. <clears throat> I'll be reading from the ESV. We have a verse on the screen from the NIV. And this is what the Bible says. Verse 1, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the freedom that we have in this country that we can gather together and worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you that you have given us the privilege of hearing from your word, of owning a copy of your word, and we thank you so much for your word. I ask that as we open your word tonight, as for your spirit to illumine our hearts, help us, Lord, to see the, the glory of Christ in the scripture. Help us to see the depths of your word and to enjoy it, and Lord, that it may move our hearts for, for worship, that we may glorify you. Be with our time together, help me as I speak, help me to, to be clear with the words, help me to speak clearly. Pray that you uh, open our hearts and help us to understand your word. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we come to this verse tonight, I ask that we uh, consider all the things that we've talked about the past few Sundays. So far, we've talked about so many doctrines in, in 1 John. And I also ask that we consider some of the things that we already know from other passages. I'm thinking, for example, in the book of Romans, where the Bible clearly lays out our relationship before God. We are sinners before God. We are enemies before God. I think it's in Romans 5, the Bible says that um, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. This is crucial in understanding this text because what I want to show tonight is something that I'm sure we already know, and this is the love of the Father for his people. 
right? Very clearly, this is what the Bible says. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And the first word in this verse is this word see or other passages, other translation, I'm sorry, says behold, behold what manner of love. In other words, this, this idea here is um, simply take notice, right? Behold, take notice, pay attention. Don't neglect, don't ignore this one thing. Every time we come to, to the scriptures and we see the word behold, I, I think it's a call for us to pay real good attention to what's coming. Because this is a very important doctrine here. And, and this doctrine, of course, we already know, is the love of God. Interestingly, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, John told his reader, that that which was from the beginning, which we have seen with our own eyes, Jesus Christ. And of course, we know from our previous study that the word seen there is a visual seeing, seeing with his own eyes. And the kind of seeing that we have here is seeing that even though we have not seen Christ, it's almost like we have seen it with our own eyes. And of course, that's through faith. It is faith in us that helps us to see the reality, the beauty of the love of God. And going back to, to this idea, as I have said a few minutes ago, that we have to understand our relationship before Christ Jesus. We are sinners, enemies of God. And God in His grace and in His mercy forgave us through Jesus Christ. This was our lesson last week, that there is no forgiveness of sins apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is exactly the point of, of John. He says, Behold what manner of love. See what great love, what what kind of love the Father has for us. And by the way, this word great love here, really in the original language, it literally means behold of what country. So if you have NIV, it, it probably says great love. If you have an ESV, it probably says manner of love. Other translation says proof of love, others says wealth of love, because the idea there is not necessarily the kind of love, but the love that is unexplainable, right? What John was saying is this, behold of what country? Now, modern people kind of struggle with that idea. But we have to understand that the early church, they didn't get to travel as much as we do. Some of us here have been to eight countries, nine countries. They haven't traveled as much as we do. So if we use our language today, we would probably say, behold, of what universe is the love of God? It's, it's a love that is 
that is out of this world, out of this country, right? It is something that is um, unusual, unearthly, you can say. It is so unique. It is, it is out of this world. It is so great. And how is it so great? It's so great because, see, we are sinners, and we are enemies of God. And God, in His love and grace, decides to rescue us and to forgive us and to give His Son for us. But more than that, He decides to make us His children. He decides to make us His Son. So let me illustrate this this way. Maybe we would understand it better. Imagine if someone hurts you. You have an enemy, someone who did something bad to you. Someone who ruined your life, who hurt your family. Someone who is the reason that you, you lost everything that you've ever worked for. And of course, as Christians, we are called to forgive. And, and probably you would say, you know, what you did to me was so bad. You really hurt me. You ruined my family. You ruined my reputation. You ruined a lot of relationships in my life. But I'm going to forgive you. That's, that's a great thing. But imagine if you would say, you know what? Not only I'm going to forgive you, I'm going to make you my family. That's what God has done for us. Not only we were enemies forgiven and rescued of our sin, more than that, he made us his son. And John could not even explain this love. He says, behold, of what country? Potapen in, in Greek. What manner of love is this that God would forgive his enemies, rescue his enemies by giving his only son, and more than that, he would make them his very own children. What a love, John says. What a love. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what John is saying. This, this love is so great. And of course, the word love here is the word agape. And we've talked some of it this morning, so I'm not going to go deeper into this idea, but we know the word agape means unconditional love. It means sacrificial love. Agape involves emotions for sure, but more than that, it involves actions. Right? The love of God is not just a love that is a feeling or words, but um, in 1 John, the love of God is manifested in this, that Jesus Christ would die for our sins. So it involves action. The love of God is, is an agape love. It's unrestricted. It's unrestrained. It's so great. It's so otherworldly. Behold the love of God. See what kind of love the Father has for us. That we should be called the children of God. And this word lavished here 
um, or given or bestowed in other translation, it carries the idea of grace or favor. In other words, this love is freely given. This love is out of his own desire, out of his own will. Nothing really forced God to do this for us. It is out of his own desire, out of his own grace, that he loved us. And interestingly, John, John is saying, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And for me, while I was reading this passage, he could have stopped there. So I was wondering why he had to add, and that is what we are. And the reason for that, I think, and I may be wrong, is that this word, what great love, comes from the Greek word, Potapen, meaning of what country, right? It's, an, it's, it's a figure of speech. Behold what country, what love, or out of this world love. Love of God is so unparalleled in human experience, beyond explanation. But John had to make sure that us being children of God it's not a figure of speech. It's not an illustration per se. It is a reality. So, so we have to remember some of the greatest doctrines in the Bible are best explained through analogies. We know that. Like the Trinity, for example. It's a mystery. And the closest we can, ex we can explain it is through, through analogy. But we have to remember that this here is not an analogy. It is a reality. And John had to make that clear, and that is what we are. That God is really our Father, and we are really His children. And it is not, it is not an illustration. We are the children of God. God is our Father. And this happened by the new birth, right? Um, some of the most it is no accident that the scripture uses this new birth to, to explain or to speak of how we become part of God's spiritual family. This is how we become children of God. We are, we are born again, right, so to speak. We are adapted by God. And we are his children, and God is our father. So this then changes everything about us. Our relationship with God is changed. Our relationship with sin is changed. Right? This is what one pastor said. An unbeliever who sins is a creature sinning against his creator. A Christian who sins is a child sinning against his father. An unbeliever sins against the law. The believer sins against love. So John had to remind the, the readers. And my desire is for us to be reminded of the love of God too. What, what kind of love the Father has for us. That 
we should be called the children of God. He forgave us of our sins, rescued us of our sins by giving His Son, Jesus. And more than that, He made us His children. And all the benefits of a father to his children is ours in Christ Jesus. And of course, this is probably the the pinnacle of God's love, but God's love is expressed in so many ways in our daily lives, and we know this, some of the things that we've heard today. God is so good to us. He provides for us and takes care of us and God loves us. Behold what manner the love of God. It is otherworldly, out of this world. And I hope and pray that as we think of these things, it moves us to praise God. It moves us to glorify Him and worship Him and adore Him. The love of God, what a privilege to be the children of God. Let's pray together. Our Father, we praise You so much for for the privilege of being your son, being your daughter, being your children. Lord, we we are so thankful for your love for us. And we struggle to explain it, but we know it because we've experienced it in our lives. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Help us tonight as we fellowship with each other as your children. Help us to Enjoy your presence and each other's presence. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So any comments about the the sermon? Yes. I... The handheld, there we go. Um, the verse, it reminds me, especially focusing on the word see, it reminds me from First Peter 1. Though you do not see him, you love him. Though you, have, uh, yes. though you do not now see him, you believe in him mm-hmm. and rejoice with joy um, that is inexpressible and filled with glory, having obtained the outcome of your faith without salvation of your souls. It's just, it, it's, it's almost like the opposite. John calls us to see the manner, but Peter reminds us faith is when we don't actually see. So it's sort of like opposites, but the same thing. Just yes, interesting. It's very good. Yeah. I wonder if the sea doesn't also just refer back to chapters 1 and 2, does he kind of build to that that concept mm-hmm. of see, behold. He talks about love. He talks about love in the world. He talks about, you know, we being children of God. I know that he is righteous. You know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. That's that same concept at the end of chapter 2. So it's kind of almost in my mind that he's led me up to that and said, okay, I set the stage. See what I just told you? Mm-hmm. Recognize that there's a connection there between the chapters, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Good thought. Hey, what you said? Oh, you said it. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
to use Glenn's paraphrase of my paraphrase of his paraphrase. Therefore. No, I, I guess it's because you're chewing. Sorry. Is he allowed to comment? I still got a few minutes. Um, I, I just really appreciate this. I, I, I wish I could explain why I grew up in the church and really became, uh, I was quite old, I think, before I figured out that this was actually really true. I knew it was true. I would have passed the test. I could recite it. I probably even memorized this verse in Awana or something once. But I didn't believe it for me. I, I, I did believe in Jesus. I was saved. But I didn't really think he loved me. I thought it was theoretical. It was what God is supposed to do. I never really saw it as actually for me. I, I, I don't know. I can't explain why. I, other than the enemy would not want me to understand this. And that's why Paul prays for us to understand this. Because this is the key to really getting it all, really, is to understand the gospel. I knew that for God so loved the world, but it was always um, abstract, mm. theoretical, mm. Not, not personal. I, I kind of didn't think I mattered to him. And it's really kind of a stretch of faith to think that I would. What is man, as David would say, that you are mindful of him? Why would God bother himself with a creature like that? But the fact that he does is really pretty awesome. You know, and like you said, you've, you've known that. Um, this past Thursday, we had a um, banquet for World Life Matters, formerly Baptist for Life, which Linda's been associated with. And the pastor that led me to the Lord was there. And we were talking the same thing. I used to discredit the Lutheran church that I grew up in because they never helped me understand this passage. Mm. But it's the Holy Spirit. I mean, this was all head knowledge. It's the Holy Spirit that's got to make that connection. When I was married and about to become a father, and I'm sitting in church... Just wondering what life's about. A freshman in college. Well, I think maybe a freshman, sophomore now. Um, and I heard the pastor say in Romans, but God, while you were yet a sinner, Christ loved you. And it, all of a sudden the light went on. I don't have to go to hell. Mm. And I used to blame my Lutheran church for not teaching me that. But this loving pastor said, you know what? It's all the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. When he finally made that 18-inch connection, that's when you realized it. And, you know, that, that's, you know we, we grow up in that. And that's, that's what you, that's what we have to remember when we teach our kids. It do, someday that head knowledge is going to connect to the heart. It's interesting because I was going to say a lot of what you just said. I have this Bible app that lets me look up words in the original. And for this word see, it says, there's a bunch of options. One says to see with the eyes. One says to see with the mind, to perceive or to know. 
And the third one says, to see, to become acquainted with by experience, mm. or to experience something. So there is a, vi a visual seeing things. There's a being able to see it in your mind. But I think, and then there's the, to see it through your own experience. I think it is the Holy Spirit that takes the, the words and the thoughts and makes us see them in our mind and then makes us experience them. I think the Holy Spirit is the one that makes us come alive. And you can, that's why after all these years of being believers, we can look at the same verses. These are the same verses that were in this Bible when I first got a Bible. Mm. But we still see things that are new because mm. the mind, we saw them now in our mind and the Holy Spirit helps us to experience these in a whole new way. So to defend the Lutherans, it's very interesting in the New Testament, we, heard, we have this phrase about some plant, others water, and a third has increase. I would say for someone like Larry who has a, a intellectual ability to perceive details not seen by others, He's as stubborn as a piece of rock because he's a lot like me. But the Lutherans planted, watered, and a harvest was received in the UP by a Baptist. It's very interesting. Mr. Luther stood so strong on the word of God. I love the fact that we're looking at these words separately. We looked at what see means, we looked at what love means, but we also have to remember what lavish means. God doesn't just love us and say, okay, you're my kids. No, he lavished us. And when I think of lavish, I think of overflowing, precious, wonderful, great, all those words. We have to remember that he loves us more than just we love ourselves or we love somebody else. Just a quick thought. Earlier you referred to Romans 5.8. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If I were to ask you the question, when was God first faithful to you? What would you say? Romans 5.8 tells us when he was first faithful to us. While we were yet sinners and we had we were totally bankrupt spiritually. We had absolutely nothing with which to recommend ourselves to God's saving grace. Mm. And it's just like the first song that Joel sang about the mercy of God. In the end, that's our only claim that we have on God, is his pure mercy. What was in the holiest of holies? The mercy seat. Apart from the mercy seat, Christ being our propitiation, our mercy seat, mm. we have absolutely no claim on God. Mm -hmm. So if he was Faithful to me when I was at my worst, my lowest, mm -hmm. most certainly his faithfulness will remain. Thank you. Very good thought. I was also thinking of verse 10, Romans 5, 10. For, for a while we were enemies. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. But same thought applies. You're right. And thank you so much. 
When I was growing up, I think about, um, I was raised in church, and I watched how people loved each other. Mm. And there was so much dysfunction in my own home, mm. in my own family. Um, and I thought, you know, there's so much strange kind of love that the world has. Um, it took me a long time, as Larry has said, as John has said, for God's word to really get inside of me and change my life and believe what those words said. Because I was trying to find love everywhere I could, anywhere I could. I was starving for love, yet raised in a church, yet raised in a home that I thought was love. I look back on it now, and it wasn't the love that my father has for me, a perfect love, and it casts out fear. And I lived and I grew up with so much fear, and I thought, I just want to be loved. I just want to be loved for me. And one day, and I think it was in a spiritual formation group, which has been while I've been at this church, the words that God loves me, and it's, he's always loved me. Before I knew him, yes, before I understood, he still loved me. And that love has changed my life. And, um, and every day, his word is like food to me. So I eat it, and I digest it, and it changes my life. And that's what I'm standing on. His promises, his love. His love will never fail. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I love God. I, I can't get over how good he is and how precious he is and how he did everything for a person that didn't understand, didn't get it. I didn't even love him the way he loves me. But I'm beginning to love my father better, pure, stronger. But I just love, I just love the Lord. I'm very, very thankful. Final thoughts before we pray, before we close. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you again for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that um, we're able to hear how you have been so kind, so faithful as a father to all of your children. Help us tonight as we fellowship with each other, be with us. Bring you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.